0: to the movie journey podcast where we break down every movie from the imdb top 250 list giving our own thoughts and reviews and any general discussion along the way my name is daniel henderson and any man that doesn't want to listen better clear on out the back
1: and i'm dean jeffrey and it's a hell of a thing podcasting about unforgiven so many good
0: quotes hard
1: to know which ones to pick
0: Oh, well, you picked a good one there, didn't you? I thought so. <laughs> and today, I'll we'll be breaking down Clint Eastwood's Unforgiven. Dean, how you on, mate? Fantastic, mate. What are we doing today? Well, after our breakdown of Unforgiven, we're going to take a look at some reviews you, the listeners, have given to us. We're going to take a look at our question of the week, which is, what is your favourite Clint Eastwood directed film? We've already Ooh. done uh, Clint Eastwood acting films. Have we? Yeah, back on the Good, the Bad and the Ugly episode. Ah. Yeah, so now we're going to take a look at his directed films. Nice. And as always, we have our top five there and a competition for our Facebook and Patreon listeners. It's comp time. And we've got a couple of results to get to, Dean. We're going to take a look at our pod v pod 34 results between us and our good friend, Georgia Watson. Ooh, I wonder how that one went. We're going to take a look at our pod v pod v pod v pod 2 draft results between me and Georgia, Sam from the Movie Reviews and 20Qs, Andrew from the Real Feels podcast.
1: Nice. I'm keen to see that one because the lists were actually pretty even on that one.
0: We'll also take a look at the results of our 2010 film tournament. We've got a couple of matches to look at there. And then we're going to be looking at what we're going to be breaking down next fortnight. Ooh. Mm, Which will be a patron request this time.
1: Oh, really? Mm. Which patron?
0: Jacob Bennett. Nice. But before all that,
1: give me the update.
0: All right, Hendo, what's going on on the IMDb top 250 list? Well, the power of the best pitcher win, hey? Because Parasite has moved up four spots to 21. Wow. Yeah, 71,000 votes it's received since we said we spoke about this last time. That's huge. Mm. Took so long to climb that last few spots to 25. Yeah. We should have done the bet after the Academy Awards. Damn. And it seems that everyone's on the Bong Joon-ho train because Memories of Murder has gone up three spots as well to 184.
1: I mean, I wonder how many of those people actually watched it.
0: They just thought, Parasite's awesome. That's got to be awesome too. Yup. Joker has gone down 10 spots to (laughs) 44. 1917 has gone down seven spots to 58.
1: I wonder... What would have happened if 1917 had won the Best Pitcher?
0: Probably, probably would have gone
1: up. Like That's a huge difference. If or, you're thinking that, oh, maybe it would have gone up four spots.
0: All these Best Pitcher nominees are dropping because they didn't win. Ford v Ferrari down 15 spots to 180. Marriage Story is out of the list.
1: <laughs> hey, Ford v Ferrari did pretty well at the Oscars.
0: It did pretty good. Better than I thought. But we have a little entry sneaking back into the top 250 here. At number 250, it's Groundhog Day.
1: Nice! Can we break it down again? Oh, definitely. Let's do it. I mean, if there's- ever- Oh, it's out of the list. I mean, if there- <laughs> if there's ever a movie we'd break down twice, it'd be Grand Hog Day, surely. Not Batman Begins? Not Once Upon a Time in America? Because of what happens in the movie Grand Hog Day. How do you not get that? What about Batman Begins? It doesn't make sense, <laughs>
0: <Nintendo>. <laughs> Speaking of the Academy Awards, we need to settle a bet here. I have no idea what the result is here, just so you know. The Academy Award Challenge. Now, overall- If we were doing it on a strictly pick-the-winner basis, I got 14 out of 24. That's pretty bad. And you got 15. That's still pretty bad. Yeah. Well, it was definitely an interesting uh, night. Lots of results that I didn't expect. Yeah, me too. But this was for the better. I was very happy with those results. Parasite winning all that, Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It is great
1: to see. Like, whilst Parasite is not my favourite of the nominated Best Picture winners, I love that it's something different. I love that, you know- they've they've awarded a foreign film, like, let's open it up, not just for, you know, the Academy and stuff, but people are now talking about Parasite at work. Like, people who don't know shit about movies are like, oh,
0: have you, have you seen Have Parasite? you seen Parasite? Like, really? It's like, seriously? I told you to watch it last week. <laughs> but out of all the nominations, all the wins, we had four that were different. Everything else, we picked the same. Every Everything that won, we picked the same in the same ranking. So we have four different categories here that we had different. So let's take a look at these ones. First one was the documentary short, which was won by learning to skateboard in a war zone if you're a girl. Now you had that at the number two slot and I had that at the number one slot. So there's a point up for me. Best costume design was, uh, was won by Little Women. I had that at the number two spot and you had it at the number one spot. So we're equal again there. And then we get to animated short film, which was won by Hair Love. Now, you had this at the number one slot, and I had it at the number two slot. So, I'm down a point there. And our last one here is the best original screenplay, which was won by Bong Joon-ho for Parasite. Now, I had this at the number two spot, and you had this at the number three spot. So, I gained a point there. So, in the end, it is a tie. 113 each. Are you serious? Absolutely serious. Absolutely. Wow. (laughs) Come on. So, we both have to give each other two films to watch at any point. All right. I'll go first here. I'm going to give you an anime. It has been recommended by my brother-in-law, Shane.
1: (laughs) Your brother, Shane.
0: Pretty sure brother Shane is my brother, Hendo. Brother-in-law, Sean. (laughs) I'm going with paprika. Like the spice. Yes. Exactly how that's spelled. Paprika. Yeah. From 2006. Apparently, it's very Inception-esque. Inception-esque? Yes. Inception-like. Hmm. Inception before Inception. Oh, God. And I haven't seen it, but he's, he's ragged on about it. So I thought, Ragged on it? Raved about it, perhaps? No, I think ragged, ragged about it. Well, I'll find out if it's ragged or raved by you coming up, won't
1: I? All right. Your first one. Let's go big blockbuster that I can't believe you haven't seen. Let's go War of the Worlds.
0: Cool. All Tom, right. Tom Cruise. Yeah. Come on. Spielberg. Of course. All right. Have you not seen War of the Worlds? I just haven't. All right. The other film I'm going to give you is a, is a personal favorite of mine. It's... Kind of shocks me you haven't seen it. It's a little Tom Hanks piece from the early 90s. I'm going A League of Their Own. Wow. Mm. little fun film for the family.
1: Okay. All right. For your second film, let's go Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's go Aviator. Oh,
0: I wasn't sure if it was Aviator or Gatsby. It's Aviator. Cool. All right. Scorsese. So, you give me a Spielberg and Scorsese. Well, you've got some holes and I intend to plug them. Wow. (laughs) All right couple of interesting watches there.
1: All right, before we get into our full-on breakdown of Unforgiven, just a quick heads-up that we will be spoiling this film from the jump. So if you haven't had a chance to see it yet, you've been warned.
0: And with that being said, let's get into Unforgiven. It was a matter of honour. They're paying
1: $1,000 to whatever kills the two boys that cut up Delilah.
0: In a time when lawmen were killers.
1: What are you all looking at?
0: You English bob. Outlaws were heroes. Well, I thought that you were dead. Hell, I even thought I was dead. till I found out it was just in Nebraska. And a bad
1: reputation.
0: You're the one who killed William Harvey and robbed that train over Missouri? Was as
1: good as gold.
0: My guess is you're calling yourself Mr. William Money. Say what? So, Unforgiven is a 1992 American revisionist Western film produced and directed by Clint Eastwood and written by David Webb Peoples. The film stars Eastwood in the lead role with Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman, and Richard Harris. Eastwood said that the film would be his last Western for fear of repeating himself or imitating someone else's work, and he stuck true to that because this is, in fact, his last Western he's ever done. I wonder if he'll come back for one last time. One last job. Irishman style. Get Gene Hackman out of retirement. And he was born in 1930. Eastwood or Hackman, all of them, all of them, <laughs> every single one Richard of them. Richard
1: Harris as well. They're all born in 1930. Richard Harris, like now I think, did he of- play Dumbledore? Yeah, he played the first Dumbledore hmm. um, before Michael Gambon took over. But I always think of like Richard Harris as super, super old.
0: They're all the same age. Makes sense considering they're all in this film. As makes sense considering they were all born in the same <laughs> year.
1: <laughs> but seriously, these guys are really old now. They're ninety. Well,
0: Richard Harris isn't anymore. Well, no, but do you think of Gene Hackman as a 90-year-old? No, because he retired from movies in like early 2000s. You haven't seen him since. If I'm getting this wrong, Clint Eastwood's 90 and he's still making films. Yeah, what a legend. Have you seen The Mule? He looks like he's 90 in that film. Wow, I haven't seen The Mule. Have you seen a trailer at least? No, of course not. Yeah, that's true. So writer David 90 <laughs> David Webb Peoples who wrote this film. He also wrote Blade Runner. And 12 Monkeys. Strong. Mm. Only nominated once, though, for this film. This also had music by Lenny Niehaus, who's done basically every single Clint Eastwood film. As the good, as, as the either... good, the Bad, and the Ugly? No, Clint Eastwood directed films. Knucklehead. <laughs> <laughs> did you just call me a knucklehead? Yes, I like, did. And I'm not, proud of it. Not as a joke, either. That was a <laughs> genuine Hendo insult there, you knucklehead. <laughs> Wow. And although the score was arranged by Lenny Nehouse, the main theme was actually written by Clint Eastwood. Interesting.
1: Is there anything this man can't do?
0: If he can't, I can't think about it. Think about it. <laughs> <laughs> if he can't, I can't think of it. Cinematography by Jack N. Green. <laughs> <laughs> no, he didn't miss You're just like all miss got it. Well done, then. no. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, Jack Ann Green, who also did the cinematography on The Bridges of Madison County, another Clint Eastwood film there. Have you seen that? No.
1: That's like a, a, a romance movie, isn't
0: it? Yeah, directed by Clint Eastwood. Is it a Clint Eastwood? No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, this, that was done after Unforgiven. Oh, I don't know that. Okay. Like, it could have been uh, done... Clint Eastwood and Meryl Streep. Real oh, Streep. Yeah. Streep Dog getting in on it. Streep Dog. Is that what you call her now? Yeah, we're real tight. Next film starring Streep Dog. So, this movie was shot in 39 days. It's quick. Mm. Four days ahead of schedule. Clint Eastwood is known for being very- yeah, It's good enough. Timely. <laughs> uh, uh,
1: I, I think I-,
0: I think Organized. I, I
1: think I stuffed up the uh, the script there, of Clint. You, you
0: want to do another take? No. that's nah, it's fine.
1: No, it's fine.
0: We keep rolling. <laughs> we stop
1: for no man.
0: But let's look at the Oscars. This was nominated for nine Academy Awards. Ooh, almost as many as The Irishman. How many was The Irishman? Ten. Makes sense then. This was nearly the amount of nominations. Yeah. I wonder which one won more, though. Mm, it's not really hard to figure out. This was nominated for Best Sound, which it lost to The Last of the Mohicans. It was nominated for Best Art Direction in the Set Decoration category, but it lost to Howard's End. You heard a Howard's End? Yeah, I've seen it. Oh, is it good? Uh, I don't know. I was pretty young when I saw it. It's Anthony Hopkins... Emma Thompson, like, period piece. Oh, no wonder it was nominated for Best Picture. Howard's End? Yeah. Oh, Have you not heard of it? No, never heard of it. Oh, okay. It was nominated for Best Cinematography, which it lost to The River Runs Through It. Lots of movies winning all these different awards this year. Not stopping here. It was nominated for Best Original Screenplay, which it lost to The Crying Game. Have you seen that? No, I haven't. I have. And Clint Eastwood himself was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role, which he lost to Al Pacino for Scent of a Woman.
1: Ah, yeah. yep. I mean, it's good that Al Pacino won an Oscar, but come on.
0: Yeah, I agree there. But it won four Academy Awards. It won uh, Best Film Editing, Best Director for Clint Eastwood, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Gene Hackman, and Best Picture
1: for Clint Eastwood. <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. Oh, probably not. It was probably actual producers.
0: This movie laid to rest Clint Eastwood's long-standing statement why he would never win an Oscar. He reckoned he would never be in the running because, first off, I'm not Jewish. Secondly, I make too much money. Thirdly, and most importantly, because I do not give a fuck. This guy's tough. Yes, he is. And doing some
1: research on this film, which I admit was brief, they told there's a long piece about all his illegitimate children and- did you read this stuff? No, I didn't. Oh, like, apparently when he got up to accept one of his Oscars, the person who was involved in the film, like, stood up next to him who was pregnant with his illegitimate child, and he, like, made sit down.
0: Oh, they, yeah, they were there were a couple, I believe, at that time. Were they? From what I heard. This from the, what I read, there was, yeah,
1: many illegitimate Eastwood wow.
0: children out there. Yeah, I saw that they were trying to hold, like, keep the pregnancy a secret yeah. until after the the movie was done with the Oscars and that because he thought it would ruin his chances yes. of winning. Yep. But he won many more after this, didn't he? He won two that night, but he went on to win two more Oscars. He also won the Irving G. Thorberg Memorial Award, and he was nominated six more times after that. What were his two other wins? Yeah, two more $4 million baby for Best Director and Best Picture. Fair enough. He actually joins a list of actors who have won an Oscar for directing, but not for acting. That includes- Kevin Costner, Mel Gibson, Robert Redford. Oh, you've been doing your research, have you? Got any others? Uh, There's three
1: more I've got here. Three more. They're not as known as them,
0: though, are they? Woody Allen. Never heard of him.
1: Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty. I was nearly going to say that. Sir
0: Richard Attenborough. Richard Attenborough. Jurassic Park. That's what I know him from. I mean, is he in anything else? He doesn't do the documentary No, that's David Attenborough. Yeah, his brother, I
1: guess. (laughs) I mean, they're probably not even related. <laughs> be, There's probably weird than a word. couple
0: Attenboroughs out there. <laughs> so, according to a 2000 interview, Clint Eastwood said that Gene Hackman was very concerned about how they were going to show the violence in this movie as he wasn't into violent films. Like, Gene Hackman actively didn't want to be in any films that were violent.
1: I feel like Gene Hackman's a weird, hard-to-deal-with person.
0: And I feel like we've said this before, especially on our Royal Tenenbaums episode. But, like,
1: here's a guy who was in, like, French Connection, The Conversation... The Quick and the Dead, after this. After this, The Quick and the Dead. Yeah,
0: three yeah. years later. Surely and that. Another glor- Western, another bad guy Western film. Surely that glorifies violence. It's all about shootouts. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's the kill- ultimate glorification. He kills his son. <laughs> Jesus. But this was released on the 3rd of August in 1992 with a runtime of 130 minutes with a tagline of, It's a hell of a thing, killing a man. That's not a tagline. Like, it's a quote that's, from that's the just film. It's a quote. It's <laughs> like, Oh shit, we don't have a tagline yet. Budget of $14 million. In America, it grossed $101 million. When you said fourteen, million, I was like, ah, this would have made a lot of money. And worldwide, $159 million. What a return on investment. Wow. So, to maintain the authentic atmosphere, no motor vehicles were allowed on the Big Whiskey set. They had to use horse and cart to get to where they wanted to. They didn't want to have any of those car tracks along the way.
1: Mm. Gladiator, take note.
0: Really, I didn't realize there was any. Did you know there was car Trust Yeah, showing? there's
1: a scene of um when like the camera's like going towards Maximus's um home. Okay, there's like clear. Oh, is tire that you get, when you got the... the grass? And... Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I know that show. I never noticed that. Yeah, wow. So we talk about the efficiency of how this film was made. Uh, production designer Henry Bumstead took only 32 days to have the Big Whiskey set constructed the fastest of his very lengthy career. That's pretty good to have it done, that entire set built in just under just over a month.
1: I mean, I heard you say that set decoration was actually nominated for an Oscar. I didn't think it was that great. Well, to town, recreate
0: an entire Western town. The town of Big Whiskey. I
1: was like, yeah, it's fine. I thought it was pretty good. Did you? Yeah. It was really only like the whorehouse and the, I guess, the prison. That's and- it. And all the exteriors, the bar. It was okay. Isn't the bar the brothel?
0: Yeah, I guess you're right there. But this was ranked number four on AFI's list of greatest Western films. Yeah, that that AFI top Western list. Can I take a stab at maybe The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, Once Upon a Time in the West? Is there like a Shane or a High Noon or okay, a well, Sagecoach? Hold on, hold on.
1: Good, Bad, and The Ugly is not there. Okay. Once Upon a Time in the West is not there. All right, then this list is valid. Invalid. <laughs> Uh, I have seen a grand total of one of the top
0: ten. Is it Unforgiven? Let's roll through them just quickly. Number ten, Cat Blue. Did you like that Western? So much so that I've forgotten everything about it. Stagecoach. Okay, I need to see Stagecoach. Ma- Macabre or McCabe and Mrs. Macabre, Ma- Macabre and Mrs. Miller. Great film.
1: Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Oh, hit. I've seen that. I can understand. And I a legitimately on.
0: have seen that. The Wild
1: Bunch. Heard of it? Red River. Never heard of it. The 1948 classic, of course. Then we've got Unforgiven, which stands out like the sore thumb. Then you've got Shane, High Noon, and number one. Do you want to have a
0: stab? Quick and the dead. You idiot.
1: (laughs) It's The Searchers. Ah.
0: Ah. Need to see that. Also need to see Shane, but I've seen High Noon.
1: There you go. What a
0: shit list. But let's take a look at the history of Unforgiven in the IMDb Top 250 list. This debuted on the very first list. On the 26th of April, 1996, at number 93. And it had a pretty significant drop at the start of 1997, where it dropped down to 231. But since then, has bounced back up and has been circling the 100 to 150 era for the last 23 years, to where it currently sits at number 128, with an 8.2 over 354,000 ratings. Solid. Mm. Now, Dean, it's your pick, your plot summary. What do you got for us? I guess, courtesy of IMDb? All
1: right. Retired Old West gunslinger William Money reluctantly takes on one last job with the help of his old partner Ned and a young man, the Schofield Kid. Also, Gene Hackman's in it. Oh, yeah, that little piece at the end, did you? That was, that was my own flair on it. All right, mate, let's get into it. How beautiful is this opening shot? Oh, great. Damn. Good start. Sunsets.
0: I, I just need to quickly say... I have seen this before, but I saw this probably when I was like 14. And from my memory, I have no memory of this film. How good is it? But from my letterbox, I gave this two stars. What? Yes. So, so
1: it's funny because you've obviously you haven't remembered it. Now, when I when I go through and rate movies on Letterbox that I don't remember, I tend to side with general consensus. If I don't remember it and it's viewed really, really well, I might go three. If I don't remember it, and it's viewed really, really bad, I might go two and a half.
0: (laughs) My general consensus of this film when I went to rate all my films on Letterboxd back in 2015, 2014, I believe, was that I saw it, didn't remember much, but from my memory, I did not like the film. Wow. Yeah. And it has always been, like, number one on my, I need to rewatch this film. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you did.
1: I'm... I'm confident that you are going to give this a decently positive Confident? Yeah. All right. I don't know how someone like you, an appreciator of fine films, could not enjoy this film.
0: I'm going to cut out that little bit of you, an appreciator of fine films. So, anytime you throw me an insult of the, you don't know shit about films, you you fucking hate films. Excuse me, appreciator of fine films. I am an appreciator of fine films. Yes, that's going to be my new uh, title under my name. Nice. But yeah, yeah, the text comes up, and yeah, we find out that William Money—he's uh, his wife has passed on, but he—he he used to be a bad guy. Yeah, and she they changed re- his they ways. They
1: really want us to know that he used to a lot—a a bad guy a lot throughout I'm this not, film. I'm not sure if you picked up, but they actually mention it again in case you missed the they? first part. Yeah, yeah. When? Couple times. <laughs> Couple times. Non-stop throughout this film. It's always like,
0: oh, he was a scoundrel. I was a scoundrel, but Claudia she cured me of that. A lot of a lot of themes of reflection and redemption in. This this film.
1: Well, I think I think it's, you know, part and parcel with Clint Eastwood himself. Mm. You know, he's older now. He's looking back on his career of Westerns, basically. Yeah.
0: This is not your typical Western, this film. Oh, no, 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 no.
1: This is definitely not a typical Western. But did you know that the opening
0: text was originally going to be voiceover? I did not. Who was going to do the voice? Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman. Surely. Morgan Freeman. For sure. Morgan Freeman. <laughs> well, your money. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that was probably your worst Morgan Freeman ever. Am I known for my Morgan Freeman? I don't think your Morgan Freeman is that bad, to be honest. I was just about to do it, but then I remembered yours is much better. And then you said, Well, your money. And I was like, Oh, never mind. Get busy living
0: <laughs> or get busy dying. Uh, very good. No, Big Whiskey, Wyoming, 1880. What a name of a town. Big Whiskey. Big whiskey. Yeah, probably not the best
1: place for a recovering alcoholic to be. Absolutely not. You know, maybe don't live
0: near a town called Big Whiskey. Just go to the bar and like, now this Big Whiskey, how big are we talking Because <laughs> I've seen big. Uh, I don't know. can't be that big.
1: <laughs> but we get some prostitutes, you know, it's the old west. So, we get some old prostitutes being mistreated.
0: Yeah, the the whole word is thrown around a lot wow. in this film.
1: Are we really going to say that on this podcast, Hendo? This is a podcast that respects women, Hendo.
0: I'm just referring to what they say in the film, Dean. We are breaking this film down.
1: I mean, is prostitute offensive to prostitutes? I think they like sex workers. Not. I think they like the term sex workers.
0: Isn't it night worker? Don't they throw the word night in there now?
1: Night worker? Could yeah. be anything.
0: Night caller.
1: Night crawler. <laughs>
0: Starring Jack Chillon.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I was initially thinking X Men too. You know, Nightcrawler <laughs> gets to multiple jobs. They're in and out so fast. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we see it from Alice, the head lady of the night. Is
0: That's that what you what was is. thinking of. Yes,
1: lady of the night. That's what it is. Very good. Okay, uh, but we get to her and she hears the screaming. She's with the mate. She they stop. She goes and says. And they start slashing up this girl. Mm-hmm. I really don't think they did enough to show the uh, the damaged face. And not, I don't mean specifically in this scene, but maybe going down when we see her again. She's got a few cuts on her, but it's really not that bad.
0: I don't think you need to see the brutality of her face. You get the point of view of her and how aggressive he is at the camera and the slashes. You know what's happening here. You don't need to- Fully see the bloody up, bloodied up face. Sorry, uh, maybe this
1: isn't the right time to bring this up. Um, I don't mean in this scene, I, I think we needed to be more violent. I just mean going down the track, from what we see, I think her face should have looked worse.
0: I think they do a good enough job of what they've seen, what, what they show of her in this. I think it's more of the the perception that is told around town about what happens. Mm.
1: I did like that, actually, because yeah, it's- It gets worse and sort of worse. Yeah, you know, Chinese whispers Yeah, escalating. Yeah. Damage.
0: But this is basically the crux of the film. Like, this this is the film right here. They set it up really quickly. Boom! This is what starts this entire chain of events. Exactly. What'd you make of Little Bill, the judge, jury, and almost executioner? I mean, Gene Hackman he's really great in this film. He is really great in this yeah. film. He's so like he's he's friendly, but he's aggressive. Do you rate Gene Hackman as a as a great actor? N- not as much as I think I should. I think
1: I rate him where he should be, which is he's fine. Yeah. I think I mean when I think Gene
0: Hackman I think he's the same in everything. I got to yeah, be honest. I don't see any like outstanding Gene Hackman roles. Maybe this. I mean this is probably his best role. But all, you, in, in all, all honesty, gro- Luther.
1: In all honesty, French gro- connection. Yeah, see, I don't think he was like Luther. he's actually really good in the conversation, but I don't know I just feel like it's he's always that he can be really aggressive. Oh, he was in um Absolute Power as well, coincidentally. Behind with, enemy lines with Clint Eastwood.
0: Enemy of the state. Enemy of the state. Yeah, Will Smith. Will Smith
1: was he the bad guy in that? Yeah, I think so. I used to love that movie. I haven't seen it in ages.
0: I I know him from Runaway Jury. Quick and the Dead. Yeah. I watched that film so much when I was younger, so that's- Is he that's the same character in that movie? Pretty much, just not as well acted. Like He's like really, really evil in that film. Like There's no real- There's uh, I mean, a little bit of character development with him and his son, but it's mostly just, yeah, he's the bad dude.
1: Yeah. I did like that, you know, like we say Gene Hackman, or I say that Gene Hackman is quite similar in most things I've seen him in, but I do like that, that very logical side to him, that not- He's this senseless killer who enjoys it. Like this bit where he's like questioning the guys and he's trying to determine what is a fair and just outcome. Like he isn't someone out for blood. He's not someone who wants to make a big statement and punish people. He's like, all right, let's think this calmly and logically. They've done this. What should their comeuppance be? And
0: he settles on the whippings, which And the horses. No, so they he settles on the whippings, right? Which is the punishment for what he did to was a is a delilah I uh, didn't catch her name. Okay. But then once the bar owner, the guy who runs the place, says, wait a minute, she is my property. I need to be reimbursed here. And then they settle on the horses, which has no beneficial, like no benefit for the women. It's like he's- he, Should have gone both. Once and he, and once and he yeah. got
1: the man's point of view, he just totally ignored exactly. the woman side of and it. And that's where the shift
0: happens immediately. Like he, he comes off as nice and friendly, but in the end, he doesn't care about them. He focuses more on getting these horses for this- The bar owner. Hmm. What do you know, Alice from Titanic? Yes. Yeah. Rose's mum. Yeah. Yeah. I also think that the girl who got slashed. Pretty sure you won't remember this. She was in Bad Boys. She was a receptionist. Is she a thirsty receptionist? I think she is, isn't she? She wants Mike Lowry. She's the one who has the cop
1: boyfriend who like doesn't give the information, and then she like rats him out. She snitches on him.
0: Yeah. She 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 gives him the information.
1: Yeah. I remember her. What'd you make of her in this film? I didn't think she was very
0: good. I, I, th- I as a character, I think she's really good as this other side because you have this group of group of women who are banding together. Like they these women are strong and powerful. They don't care and they take it upon themselves to get retribution here to get justice. They pull all their money together. But then you never get Delilah and she's she seems like she's not really wanting this. She's not into it. No. Like
1: this she's the one that's been most affected, but it's Alice and the other girls. Alice who are- No, it's
0: Alice. Alice takes full control of yeah, every point yeah, here. But all the other girls follow like her. She but- has an agenda here. She wants she wants revenge. Yeah. She wants death. Yes. And even the point coming up when they start throwing, you know, all the horse shit at them for bringing the horses. You know, he the the one guy who didn't slash the face, who was just there and is trying to be sympathetic, like I'm, I'm like here's he's our best. Yeah, it's, it's pony. not
1: Delilah who's doing this. Yeah, and she's, she she looks like she would be more than happy to take yeah, the horse.
0: But Alice steps in, and you see her in the background, like we don't really need to be doing this. Just adds that extra layer there, where it's not it's not everyone is just against these men, and she is. The one thinking, you know, maybe we can do this maybe a different way. Yeah. But now we're
1: introduced to the Schofield kid who goes to visit... William Money. This is this actor's only role. He's terrible. He should have been played
0: by Christian Slater. Oh my god, I've seen Christian Slater. And only because this just reminded me of like, you know, Western Young Guns and I remember Christian Slater from Young Guns. I haven't seen Young Guns, and I I still Young Guns Guns too, actually. I still thought Christian Slater. He would fit it. This is a Christian Slater role. Who is this guy? He's in nothing. He left Hollywood after this. He's like Hollywood's not for me. He didn't like the just the, the machine of Hollywood. And he packed up and left. I thought he was okay in this. Really? Especially towards the end when, you know, he gets his his growth and arc. I thought he was pretty good. No. I think you're confusing good character and good writing with good acting. He acted it well. Not saying he's, a you know, a masterpiece, but he did okay. He wasn't actively bad.
1: He's quite cocky, though, isn't he? He's like, I've killed heaps, not as many as, uh, as a you.
0: I mean, if Unac- someone- On account of my youth. <laughs> since he hasn't killed anyone, you want to be- trying to up that cockiness.
1: Yeah, but that, that's like all he's
0: got, this whole movie until the end. It's annoying. He's an annoying character, wow. oh, and he's blind. Nearly blind. Hmm. He shoot a canteen in front of him.
1: But no, he talks about the bounty on the the two cowboys for cutting up Delilah, and it's $1,000. Did you do some inflation here? Oh, of course I did. Well, there you
0: go. It's what over
1: it? $100,000. It's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. For William Money.
0: Yeah, I knew that joke would come up. I mean, it just occurred to me then. How, how come they didn't say it in the movie? Surely you could use some of that
1: money. Could have had like money. a, you know, a who's on first? Money. Money? What money? No, I'm money. Your money? How much? No, I'm money. You know, that sort of thing. Really would have gone a long way to, you know, up the mood a bit for this film. I know you're joking. Yeah, I am joking. <laughs> um, that would have been terrible. But, <laughs> yeah, no. So, it's a lot of money. I still- This is one of my biggest gripes with this film. I still do not buy that money would abandon, You don't want to buy that money? Would abandon everything he'd given up- and leave his kids and go to the life that he's, he's worked so hard to stop from being a part of. Or just the money.
0: Well, you can see that he is struggling really, really bad at home. He, like the pigs are, the hogs, sorry, uh, got their fever. What, he's not going to be able to support his kids coming up any, anytime soon. He needs I don't money it. to support his kids. There's other ways. You don't just take out. Start- this is 1880 Western. Yeah,
1: but you don't just start being a bounty hunter.
0: He's going to do one last job. Come on. To get the money he needs to support I, I didn't his buy family. It like he's- oh, okay, I did. I did fair enough he's, he's not you getting are easily swayed he's not getting on the drink he's not sleeping with other women it's the killing part let's do this get the money and I can be fine with my family I did like seeing the basically the progression of where he's come from he's not the same man as he was before when he all tra-
1: the with all the terrible shooting
0: practice yes a yeah. little bit of light humor there where he comes out with the shotgun and just blows it away like you motherfucker <laughs> yeah
1: yeah which you know really pays off at the end when he misses all the people in the in the
0: bar. Oh wait, no, he's a dead shot. That's right. I forgot. Does that have something to do with the revenge aspect? The fact he's been drinking? Not so much the revenge, but probably the drinking. Yeah. Well, he's hell bent on getting getting
1: it done. That doesn't make you a better shot. Did you see Claudia was twenty nine when she died, and it was three years prior.
0: Yeah. So Clint Eastwood must have been like really old.
1: Must have been really really old. (laughs) Like they could have put any number on that gravestone. Why would they go with so young? I'm not sure. And like, think about these kids. They're not like babies. These are like 10-year-old probably kids. Yeah. I mean-
0: I mean, is that how it was? That would have been an
1: interesting looking couple. So
0: Clint Eastwood at this at this point in his life, yeah. What what is he hitting? Like nearly seventy?
1: Well, he's sixty in real life, but how old is he in? The, oh, so in he was film? sixty at the time of filming. Yeah, I mean, he was born in nineteen thirty. This came out in what ninety one.
0: Okay, I was just thinking of ninety year old now, and this is twenty years ago. This isn't twenty years ago. It's thirty years ago. God, I keep th- oh man, my what are you doing? <laughs> I still think we're well, I'm not still- in two thousand and ten anymore. I know. Just <laughs> keep thinking that. So we get the bartender skinny. As he's known, finds out skinny about Pete. what what is the what is the correlation there? Well, he's called Skinny, and I know of a character named Skinny Pete. Okay. Anyway, hence the correlation. Hendo. This Skinny finds out about this this bounty. plan, this bounty. Yes. And, you know, he gets annoyed, obviously, because he it may not be true. They might just be saying it for it to happen.
1: Yeah, he's concerned. Mm. That's his big concern, that they don't have the money. Yeah. That people are going to show up wanting the money, and they're going to take it out on his
0: property. Yeah, exactly. So, he goes and tells little Bill, who's building his house, and, he you know, he's not the best carpenter in the world, which they say several times in this film, but for a reason. What did you think of the house that Bill built? I mean it's not as good as the house that Jack built. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking at me like, come on, come on, like, there's oh, the layup. He's
1: not he's not gonna get it. <laughs> I mean they shit all over it. I thought it looked pretty good. Certainly better than I could do.
0: That's true. Or me for that matter. Here's where we're introduced to Ned, Morgan Freeman. And isn't he a welcome sight? He's always good. He's, he's always He is always yeah, good. He's always good. I just think Morgan Freeman
1: really does bring a depth to all of his characters.
0: But we also get a bit more of reflection here about how money is, you know, I'm not I'm not how I used to be still. This is just this one time thing. Don't act don't think I'm going back to my old ways permanently here. Just, he's not thinking that Ned's going to come on this journey. He's, trying, he's just telling him, just keep an eye on the kids because I'm he- I'm heading out to do this. He honestly doesn't think he's, he's coming.
1: Okay. I thought he was going there to get Sally to look after the kids because he says to the kids, like, go and see Sally if you need anything.
0: Well, of course he's going to tell them to go see Sally, not Ned, the old assassin. Why? What are you implying that Ned's not good with kids? No, I'd he was say that assassin. Sally would be
1: better. I feel like you're typecasting, Hendo.
0: It's Ned who actually makes the choice to go with him. Money's not coming in to say, hey, I'm going on this journey, killing these people. Do you want to come? Because Schofield's already told him, just bring yourself. I don't want- we don't need to get anyone else involved here. Mm. And we do see that Sally Two Trees
1: is definitely not a fan of money at all.
0: Absolutely not. But Ned does tag along here, and you get some really nice-looking shots of them going through the planes. Really good score, too. Nice and peaceful. It's like it's like reflective. I really liked these shots where they're traveling along, just heading along their journey, trying to find Schofield, and got the score plane. Really, really nice. But again, there's more reflection here around the campfire. There's a lot of reflection. It's all that reflection, yeah. A lot of these campfire scenes just blend into each other a bit. They do. A couple of them do. But even Ned, Ned's keen to get on the drink. Sleep with some women.
1: And we we find out here for the first time that uh, Money used to be a son of a bitch. <laughs> you didn't she,
0: know that from the first one. If only
1: she knew what a son of a bitch I used to be.
0: Yep, I, I heard. I heard, mate. But we uh, get on the train here and we're introduced to English Bob. Yeah,
1: I don't like this character. Really? Yeah, I kind of feel like
0: he's a bit pointless, to be honest. Really, I disagree. Here we go. I feel like this sets up Little Bill, as well as the character he is, and how English Bob, in a way, can be perceived as this hero, but he gets shut down. Like you see him along the way here. How can you perceive English Bob as a hero when he comes in and he is the one who you think is going to come in and take out these these guys that the the women are pulling their money for to to kill? And he comes in and he is he's the man. You know, he takes out these pheasants. He's he's got this notoriety about him. He I always thought of him as a villain. Oh, I don't think no no way he is a villain. I really disagree with that. He's a shmarmy Englishman. No, I don't think he's a villain because he is he's touted as this. This—he's the man. He's fantastic. At but what he's he does. not. It, I he's know, a liar. I know, but that presence when he gets into town—is this the sort of heroes you have? Jesus Christ! The liar of a man when he gets into town and he sees Little Bill and that drops. Off. Oh shit! Like he has been found out. It is Little Bill. His presence that drops English Bob here, and you see how powerful of a bad guy this little Bill is and what he does to him through the remainder of this film to when he leaves. The remainder of the film. Yeah, it's not, yeah, to when he not leaves. in that much. Yeah, exactly. He's there to set up Little Bill as how, how, how bad this guy is. Okay.
1: Okay. I guess if you're just having this character here to set up Little Bill, fine. But the actual character of English Bob is annoying. And I like Richard Harris. I do. But I keep on- I've seen this movie maybe four times. Okay. And every time I'm just like, this, this portion is so- Ugh. Let's get back to money. Honestly, I
0: disagree. I really enjoyed these scenes because it set up Little Bill very well. I like the character, little Bob.
1: All this, how good's the queen,
0: how should a president talk. Yeah, it sets up him. I thought it was good. And you get his uh, travel along here. Was it Beauchamp? Beauchamp. 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 No, it's Beauchamp. Yeah. He's in it a lot. He goes through all the different types of people along the way here.
1: Yeah, he does. Kudos to this young sheriff who tells English Bob to turn over his arms. You know, the guy doesn't. So then he goes back and gets help. That's
0: good. Yeah, he can't do it by himself. Nah. And even here, this this conversation between all these deputy sheriffs, I guess. This is a long scene. This scene's too this long. This took a while. It was mostly talking about- Bill. Little Bill. Building a house. And how bad of a carpenter he is. Yeah. Which is okay, but I think- yeah, it's, it's too it long. It's too long, long, long a
1: scene to have no Richard Harris, Gene Hackman, Morgan Freeman, or Clint Eastwood.
0: Yeah, I agree there. But like I said before, when English Bob steps out here and Little Bill's there, I really like this scene. Their interaction between each other is great. Little Bill, Gene Hackman, it's that, that quiet menace. And the fact that this English Bob has been set up as this great guy in, in terms of notoriety and he immediately drops his demeanor as soon as he sees him, like, oh, fuck. Like, he knows he's going to be found out immediately. And that just sets up Little Bill as the big guy. Mm. Kicks the shit out of him too. <laughs> I, like, I like that Little Bill says, you've been talking about the Queen again, haven't you? On <laughs> <laughs> Independence Day? Whack. <laughs> I do like the shot of when English Bob goes to leave and you, Little Bill goes in the back. Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. I'll have that 32 Bob. And the look on his face, like, oh, like, that's the end. He knows it. Yep. But Will and Bed, Bed? Will? Bed? What money? But money and Ned. <laughs> yeah, because money was will was the word you said wrong then. Will and Ned. No, it's money. <laughs> <laughs> but this is where we get Ned and money catching up with Schofield. This is where we find out he's a bit blind. This Schofield guy shooting around all the place, basically nothing. Nice little trick on Ned with Ned here. Tell him, oh, that hawk in the in the sky there. I could shoot that. Like, oh yeah, me, me me too, me too. There is no hawk. Mind blown. You son of a bitch. So we get this scene that's split up with a quick scene of Schofield talking about how many people he's killed, which is obviously fake. This scene with little Bill in the the, the prison, the sheriff's prison. This is a really good scene. With English Bob and Beauchamp and the story of uh, Corky. I like this story. I love that how Beauchamp is saying, oh, this is the story. The What is it? The the Duke of Death. And he keeps saying yeah. the Duck of Death. Yeah. That was great. And I love how he explains the story as he was there. He's like, you weren't there. I know exactly what happened. I thought it was a fascinating story. To show how much of a coward this English Bob ended up being, and the only reason he ended up getting the best for him is because of a malfunction of a gun, which plays again later on into the end of the film.
1: Yeah, no, that was good. I liked more, though, the- uh- the life lessons that Little Bill is imparting onto Beauchamp here. We're saying like, you can be really quick, you can be an excellent shot, but they're not the best. The best are the ones that keep a cool head.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: That's what matters. And then this whole game he plays with giving Beauchamp
0: the gun. That's my... Excellent! Wow, really? Yeah, this was so intense. Gene Hackman... He's superb in this part of the movie. Just that calm demeanour, but just threatening, like, pick up the gun. Pick it up.
1: I want you to do it. Oh, I want on. you to do
0: it. Attaboy, Zed. Atta boy. <laughs> no, this is fantastic. I honestly, I didn't know what was going to happen here. I thought bo was going to just get blown away by little Bill. And just the look on English Bob's face when he real- realises what's happening here, like, it's mixed between like, oh shit, to, hmm, maybe we could do something here. And this is the cocky nerve of Bochamp as he realises, no, no, I can't do this. And he turns and goes, What if I give it to him? As a joke. And he's like, Give it to him.
1: <sighs> you, don't, you don't really want me to give, give it, it to him. Like, oh. He wasn't joking. In a way, he was because- no, because he he steps back and like straightens up the pointing the gun at little Bill. He's mm. like, "Yeah, I won't do it. What if I give it to him?" And then the, the that wasn't a joke. Turn
0: back to little Bo- little Bill when he's like, "Give it to him." Yeah. Like he's just giving him. He's opened this window for him. Do it. And, and he's I love like,
1: here oh, the that- I love here that English Bob thinks it's not loaded. Yeah. Right. Because the whole thing at the end when Bill gets the gun back and drops the bullets out, you sort of see like English Bob like,
0: "Oh, I could have got it and shot him." And he- and then Bill's like, "You're right not to take it, Bob." It would have killed you. Which is great. It's yeah, a great line. It is. This whole scene was just filled with tension for me. I didn't know where this was gonna go. I didn't I didn't know the fate of English Bob. I didn't know the fate of Bochamp. This was a great scene. Easily my favourite. But they kick English Bob out of town. I love that little, little pistol. The bent pistol. That was good. Did you notice the change in his accent as well? He went from a high, pristine English accent to a really more of a cockney, you bastards, like that sort of accent. No, I didn't. So even, even the accent he's putting on is fake. I like that Bill keeps a biographer though. Well, he stayed on his own accord.
1: Bill turns into English Bobby, though he like, does. He's telling the biographer his stories mm-hmm. and no doubt embellishing them. Like absolutely. there's absolutely, no
0: and I love how that works at the end as well. When it gets to money, and he's like, "No, I'm not doing any of this. You can get out of here because he's got morals."
1: But we get money and Ned and the Schofield kid. They actually get to town now.
0: Yeah, same situation again. Now they've rocked up with their guns, yep. and we're going to get this whole replay of English Bob.
1: But even here, like little Bill is not is trying to give. Money the benefit of the doubt, you know, like, mm. oh, I'm sure you, it was raining, you didn't see the sign, you know, give me him
0: Now, Money is like he's got a fever or something. He is he's down and out, shivering, hallucinating. Do you think he means everything he's saying here? Do you think he knows he's armed?
1: Yeah, I think because he he's knows out he's of it. He's so
0: out of it at this point. No, I,
1: I think he knows he's armed. He's waiting for his mates. He
0: he does give a fake name, so you can see yeah. he's got a bit of awareness yeah. here. But he says a couple of dumb things like, "Oh, I don't know, I don't know my gun." He says it several times. It's so easily found, and he's like, "Oh, there's no bullets in it." Why are you lying about something like that?
1: Because he doesn't want to give it over. They've already got it. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That doesn't make too much sense.
0: But yeah, he gets the shit kicked out of him here too. Little Bill. He's he's on a war path.
1: Yep, and he bloody hits Alice when he finds out that Ned and Schofield have escaped out the window. Yep, and she,
0: you know Alice says to him like,
1: "What are you doing? They were innocent men." And I do like his line here: "Innocent, innocent, and what?"
0: But luckily, they managed to get out of town. They meet up with the women again. Some freebies.
1: Yeah, how good's the, the the free one talk and money's just like, oh, I don't want a free one. <laughs> and then he real re- and then she says, Oh, I didn't mean from me. I was like, She did. She's just trying to, you know, hide her embarrassment here. I like the conversations between these I, two. I do I do like this yeah. scene. And he's like he sort of feels bad and he's like, Oh, I I, I didn't mean this I don't want from <laughs> you. Accent here. I just I just don't want from anyone. But if I if I did want a free one, it'd be from you.
0: And I like talking about the, the scars of yeah, like, we're the same. Yeah. We both have scars. <laughs> what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> Certainly not Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> what about when Will is still getting better in the canyon and he's basically talking to Ned about how he's scared of facing death and he doesn't want his kids to know, don't tell my kids this. What do you make of all that? Is this more reflection? Of course it's more <laughs> reflection.
1: This whole movie is reflection. <gasps> what do I make of it? It's it's fine. Is this when they're about to shoot the cowboys?
0: No, it's, it's not just when they're about to do it, but it's more when he's still recovering. Okay. I think it's met in between when he's talking to Delilah. But you mentioned the shooting of the people. Let's get into the canyon. Ned, he can't do it. No, Ned's just as bad as bloody... Who? Schofield Kid. Well, at least he actually does it. Nah, not Schofield Kid. Because he does it.
1: He can't do it. Like, Ned... Yeah. You know, Money talks about how he's, well, he never says he won't do it, but you don't expect this from Ned because we haven't really gotten much from Ned other than really just a sounding board for Money. He's been quite confident throughout this film. Very confident. Yeah. You don't expect, you don't see that coming.
0: Yeah, that was good. I do like the, the humane thing here where they shoot him. He's asking for water and they, you know, they yell out, like, just give him a drink of water. We're not going to shoot. Just do it. Yeah. Yeah. Kill him anyway. Like They can't. They can't kill him from there. Well, He's he a- dies. Yeah, but they want him to be at least a little bit peaceful in his last couple of moments. They don't want him to die parched. Well, what else are they going to do? I don't know. Let Shh. him have a drink of water, would ya? But Ned can't do it. He's going to go home.
1: Yeah, he goes south. What's ironic here is that yeah, you know, Bill obviously finds out that one of the cowboys has been killed. And Ned gets caught off camera. Like it's just very much, oh we've got we've got one of
0: them. Do we need to see him get caught?
1: No, nah, there's a few things that happen off camera that surprise me though. But he gets he gets whipped pretty aggressively by Bill, as opposed to the gentle whipping.
0: <laughs> You're a fan of the gentle whipping? Stop it, Henry. <laughs> <laughs> That's the last time we see Ned alive. What would you make of that transition where the last thing we see is Bill saying, you know, I'm going to hurt you mm-hmm. real bad? It was good. Yeah. Makes sense. Yep. Yeah. You don't need to see him die. It, it's much more of a better reveal when you see Will find out the same time we do. But before he finds out, they go and kill the other guy, the guy who actually did the slashing. Schofield finally gets his kill. Ah, in
1: the toilet. On the toilet. Yeah. The pause. Money Money was a bit silly here, letting the, the kid go out. Like, I get it. He talks a big game, but- He really is just... Like, why wouldn't both of them go out? Uh,
0: Mm. One needs to... Stand watch, I guess. They know that he's going to the toilet at some point. I mean, he
1: nearly gets them killed. He nearly gets them both killed, the Schofield kid.
0: Because he's not an expert. He claims he is, or he pretends he is, Hmm. but, you know, he balls it up a little bit. But he gets his kill. I like the pause. At that point, you're like, this is clearly his first kill, and he's... You know, I reckon on your first kill as a person in the West, you would hesitate.
1: Yeah, sure. But now we get this scene where scofield Kid is—he's broken down. Yep, yeah. he's crying. He admits to not Ned. He admits to Will that you know that was actually his first kill. And again, I didn't really buy the acting from him here. I did. Okay, that's fine. But <laughs> we get—we get this great quote from Money here.
0: It's a hell of a thing killing a man. He'd
1: take away all he's got, and all he's ever gonna. Have. And this leads into my. Excellent. When this girl comes to see him from town, and when you know Ned, they mention that they're going to meet up with Ned, and the girl's mm-hmm. like, "Oh, they they just killed Ned." I was like, like what? What? They, no, they didn't. He, he's gone south. They didn't kill him. What, why are we saying that? You know, it's just like, there. ooh, I really, really liked Clint Eastwood in this. And when he's-
0: she's talking about all the the stuff that he was mentioning to little Bill, yeah about how much of a notorious assassin Will mm, is mm. and he grabs the drink. Yeah, he's and drinking. And it's just so yeah. casual. Like, do you think yep. he Do you think he did that on purpose or just became natu- a natural thing? I think
1: it was just natural. He yeah, was falling back I agree. into his old ways. I agree. That's what he did. He drank and he got violent. So, but he's just- <laughs> And she's like, oh, they've got a sign on him. Like, they got a sign on him?
0: You can see him just getting angry. and It's angrier. like
1: everything the girl says. Just repeats it. Like, money's just repeating, like, in disbelief, like,
0: what? They got a sign on him, says he was a killer.
1: They got a sign on him?
0: In front of Greeley's. A
1: sign on him in front of Greeley's. It's so good.
0: And that didn't scare little Bill, now did it? <laughs> It's good. Really, I love, good it. I
1: love. I love this scene. It's, the reaction it's so from, well written. the
0: reaction from Clint Eastwood here is really, really good. Yeah.
1: But we get to the final scene here. Hold on. Before we do this, because oh, okay. we won't we won't see the Schofield kid again. That's true. And this is where this is his exit from the movie, and he's he gives money the gun, and he says, "I don't need this anymore. I'm not like you." So he's seen like sort of that other side of it. Well, he's, he's just like, heard
0: everything that he's yeah. done as well. He's like I don't I don't want to go
1: down that exactly. path. Exactly. Now, in the original script, he actually killed himself out of guilt for killing this guy.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: I'm glad it was cut, because I don't think it would have fit in the film.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: But you can see that progression. It's it's definitely a dark ending for him, though. Absolutely. This young character who's, you know, he's had his arc.
0: You don't need to kill him at the end. Part of the reason why they cut it. But this last scene, the slow walk into town and the reveal of Ned in the coffin perched up in front of the bar. Yeah. Rough. Very rough, and they're all con- like congratulating themselves on a good yeah, job. They're all laughing, yeah. and then and then he's there,
1: like you don't, like you don't see him walk through the door. He's just there, and you see the gun barrel start pointing. Who owns out. this shithole?
0: Yeah. And he doesn't even care. He's ready to just shoot away. He's like, well, sir, you are a cowardly son of a bitch. You just shot an unarmed man. Well, he should have armed himself. He's going to decorate his saloon with my friend. He knows what's about to happen here.
1: And honestly, put this quote in as well because this is incredible.
0: I've killed women and children. Just about everything that no walks or crawl at one time or another. And I'm here to kill you, little Bill. For what you did in Ned. Hey, A ringworm. A <laughs> <laughs> oh, wrong movie, mate.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, it just fits so well. <laughs> but seriously, this this scene. This this I was expecting this to be my excellent, but I did like the previous one. But this scene's fantastic. It is
0: because You've just seen him kill Skinny. He's got the shotgun ready to go. Yeah. And Little Bill knows what's about to happen. He's like, he's like, got one more bullet left. Yep. Like, as soon as that happens, you start shooting. Yep. And so you're fully prepared for him to just get blown away here. Misfire. Kill us, bitch. Holy shit. And, you know, shoot out. He still gets it. But, uh... You can see he's a lot more smarter than these guys. Like, he does, well, He drops down immediately. Yeah. And I, the other guys I'm are not, just-
1: I'm not sure I bought that all of them would miss him. He's well, in a crowded room.
0: I think all these deputies and that, you've seen how scared they have been throughout this film as well. Like, part of that other scene we had where they were talking about Carpenter, Little Bill, and they're setting up to uh, basically take control of English Bob. They're all nervous. They are all scared because they've heard of the stories of English Bob. So, they are like so scared of what is about to happen. Now, this- this time, it is legit. They know the stories of William Money. So, for them to just- They're not thinking straight. They're just shooting wildly when Will is cool and calm and collected and strategic. And that is what makes a good, you know,
1: Western man, as Little Bill was saying earlier.
0: Oh, I completely forgot. The, I, I feel like there's a good setup to this carpen, carpentry storyline with Little Bill and how bad of a carpenter is, it, is. Is it Jesus related? No. It's when- Jesus was a carpenter. Thank you for filling me in on that. It's when- I learned that in Meet the Parents. it's when Beauchamp is at his house Beauchamp yes doing his stories whatever and all the water's dripping through the house and he goes yeah damn well uh, I don't have any more receptacles yeah maybe you should just hang the carpenter (laughs) what Whoa, I thought for sure he was going to cop it then because he's such an aggressive man, and there's been mm. such a setup of how bad of a carpenter he is that when he finally gets told, like he doesn't know obviously that he built the house, but just that line and just that snapback, like, what'd you say? I thought, ah, oh, that's another tense moment there. And that was good build up of this carpenter storyline.
1: Must say, I don't think you would have lasted long in the West.
0: I mean, where did that come from? <laughs>
1: Just sitting here looking at you like, man, you would have died real quick. Oh, what you would have been, buddy? I would have been money in in this situation. (laughs) You would be Beauchamp, except dead. (laughs) Except except not smart. One thing I didn't like is that Little Bill is alive at the end. This was very, like, Hollywood ending here. When he gets to one more shot. one more shot. I was like, you don't need that. I mean, I I didn't think anything of it. It was fine. I like his interaction with Beauchamp, though. It's like, (laughs) Beauchamp's like, I'm shot, I'm shot. You ain't shot. <laughs> and he goes. He goes. He, said he's, he's not armed. Pick up that rifle. And like, <laughs> oh <too."> shit! <laughs> but then he exits the tavern here. And interesting to note that he's obviously using uh, the Schofield kid's Schofield, and he fires six bullets from that gun in there, and it only holds six. So when he's walking out, saying, "If I see any man, I'll kill him," mm. like that's all a bluff. He's oh got, yeah, he's got no bullets. But he in
0: sells there. it so well. That's good. And he rides on out. If anyone shoots, I will kill their wife and friends. There
1: you go. Burn their house down. <laughs> He's just gone full gangster here.
0: And then we get the the text that, you know, he moved on. I mean, on. It's,
1: it's come full circle here. It is. He's taken the kids and gone. Maybe San Francisco. Who knows? It's not like the writer could could have just picked somewhere,
0: but that's fine. And that's the end of Unforgiven. Any last words? What's well, your final thoughts, Dean?
1: For me, I really, really like this film. I think Clint Eastwood is... I'm not sure where I rank this on the Clint Eastwood movies, but as far as a performance... We had a top
0: five Clint Eastwood directed films we're going to be talking about in a minute.
1: Yeah, but as a performance from Clint Eastwood... Oh, performance-wise? I think this is his best performance. I love Clint Eastwood in this film. This is like... When I think Clint Eastwood, I don't think the 90-year-old Mule. I think 60-year-old in Unfigured. Oh. <laughs> This is premium Clint Eastwood. He's fantastic. The cast is great. I've said I have a few issues with it. thought English Bob was a little pointless, and there are definitely slow parts in this film that really hammer home again and again. You know, yes... They're old. Yes, they're looking back on their life. Yes, he used to be a really rough guy. But there's so many quality scenes in this film that you can forgive a fair bit, though. For me, I give this four
0: stars. Okay.
1: On to you, Hendo.
0: All right. So, this rewatch this time, probably the one I've been hanging for the most. I want to go back and slap young Daniel in the face for his wretched two-star review here. Can I make up for it now and slap old Daniel? No, no, no. He, he's, he's seen the error of his ways because this film is... It's fantastic. Clint Eastwood, this is, this is his film. This is his powerhouse film up until this point. The best picture winner. He's reflection of not only the character of William Money, but him as well. And his journey through Hollywood, through his, all these Western films and where he feels like he is at that point. It's, it's astounding. The, the, I, I really think this should have won the screenplay as well. This is a very great script that is written here. Like you said, all the actors here, what a cast. Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Richard Harris, Morgan Freeman, they are all fantastic in this film. The cinematography is very, very well done as well. Accompanied with that somber score, it feels peaceful, yet this film is barely any, is, is rarely peaceful. It's anything but peaceful. This is all revenge, redemption. It is gritty and raw. There is so much darkness in this film. I can't believe it's taken me this long to come back and rewatch this film. Clint Eastwood directs the shit out of this film easily the correct best picture winner that year. This is a four and a half for me. I, I thought you'd go there. And yeah. to be honest, when I started watching this film, I was fully expecting a four and a half. Really? But,
1: there, yeah, there are issues with it. Whereas so, your, your hu-
0: issues aren't really issues for me. Yeah,
1: and that's fine. That's yeah, why you give it four exactly. and a half. Exactly. But, like, for me, four and a half is- Almost, almost perfect, and that five That's star what is it. Kind of means, yeah, yeah. That five star is like that, that other level. Hmm. Well, this wasn't almost perfect for me. This is a very strong film. Uh, see, but I see. I don't not four and a half.
0: I don't for think me. four and a half means almost perfect. Like there is, there's a couple of issues with this film. Uh, one thing I didn't mention was actually the pacing of this film. I thought was fantastic. You said that there were some quite some slow scenes. I, I didn't feel the runtime of this film whatsoever. This goes for over two hours. When it started to finish, I'm like, oh my god, is it over already? I thought it felt like an hour and a half. It breezes through this film. That's an extra bonus for it.
1: May as well go to five then.
0: No, there's still issues, but we'll gotta talk about that for four and a half star film. This is oh, I'm so happy that you picked this, Dean. Thank you for this one. You're welcome. I was the best because the crowd loved me. Alright, mate, where's this gonna sit on your rankings? Alright, let's start at number
1: let's look at number 34 currently on my list, which is a beautiful mind, which I have as my lowest ranked four-star film. It's better than a beautiful mind. Better than Budapest Hotel, better than The Shining, better than The Thing, better than Toy Story 3, Catch Me If You Can, Mad Max, Fury Road. Now we hit another Western, Django Unchained. Django! And it's better than Django Unchained. Now we go up against another Clint Eastwood Western, The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And honestly, I think it's, I definitely think it's better than The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Now, up against Aliens, again, I'd push it over Aliens. Let me get to Logan, and I think that's where it's going to stop. So, I'm going to put this in between Logan and Aliens at my new number 25.
0: All right, fair enough. Where does it sit on your list, Endo? All right, let's start at the number 31 spot with Logan. And I think it's better than Logan. I also think it's better than It's a Wonderful Life, as well as Casino, Stand By Me, it's better than. onto Alien, and I think it's better than that, as well as The Shining. And then we get to The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, a film that I originally had at five stars that I lowered. Yeah, I think this is better than The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly, as well as Donnie Darko. And believe it or not, I think it's better than Aliens 2. And then we get to Prisoners at number 22. And I think this is where it's going to stop. I think Prisoners is better than Unforgiven. So I'm going to put Unforgiven as my new number 23. Very good. All right, it's time to take a trip down memory lane here, Dean. And this time last year, it was our episode 50, where we had our original pod v pod v pod v pod. Ah, the memories. Lots of good memories with Paul, Billy and Sam. Let's go back and take a look at that. Thank you for having me. I'm a massive fan of all three of these shows, even Sam's. So, (laughs) Very kind of you (laughs) to say. In fairness, I have not seen the first
1: two movies yet.
0: Oh, excuses. Here we go. This is going to be the excuse every single time for you guys. I haven't seen it. I haven't heard of it. Come on. Uh, Yeah, to be fair, I haven't seen it either. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Which Disney film boasts the only soundtrack for an animated film to be certified diamond by the Recording Industry Association of America? Oh shit! Hang on, Disney film. It's, it's a
1: f- film that changes everything.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like animated, <laughs> no, not animated. Once, well, I said animated. I oh, did. Oh, yeah. thank you. For <laughs> <terrifying that>. <laughs> <laughs> Have another beer. Pay hey, attention, dickhead. Okay, here it is. Who is the youngest best actor Oscar winner? So that's only actors, not actress. Actor. Yep. This is one of those weird facts that I'm pretty sure I strangely know. I think it's Tatum O'Neill for Paper Moon. Uh, Billy, you know Tatum O'Neill's a girl, right?
1: <laughs> Damn it!
0: I thought Damn that, it! but I didn't want to say it. It's Ugh. the young girl oh. in
1: Paper Moon. <laughs> yep, that's the oh.
0: yep, actress. Damn it! And <laughs> <laughs> I even clarified actor or actress and I still messed it up. <laughs>
1: oh. Thank Damn, God. that's five for five so that's far. That's crazy. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
0: That's the one, bro. Sing while you're winning. I'm back, baby! (laughs) So you need to get at least two right here to make it through. Okay, and we've got one more category left. Come on, D. Lift it. I feel like I should throw it. (laughs) Oh (laughs) do it. Oh dude, this is gonna happen. (laughs) My man Billy! What's up? First franchise is Mission Impossible. Okay. Um, Uh, I I reckon. Would have ask. you watched
1: these films me oh yeah yes. I All love right. Mission Impossible three what sort of a question is that <laughs>
0: oh, I don't know
1: <laughs> how big was one I was but a child back then you were probably already well into <laughs> your <Watch> 30s yourself <laughs> oh, oh is what word you're looking for there Dean yes <laughs> I can take it on the chip. Uh, so I hear definitely um, it's,
0: it's one or three you're right what actor is stung in the sting. Jason Robards. What
1: the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? This is the Uh, ultimate joy for Kiwis. This is Nirvana. This is a pure state of bliss. This is uh,
0: amazing. I'm going to go to sleep and won't be able to sleep on my stomach because I'm going to have a massive rager. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, listeners. We just want to take a quick second here to thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen to us banter on about movies and all things movie-related. Yeah,
1: it really does mean a lot to the both of us. We're... Always looking to improve our show and get our name out there.
0: And there's a couple of ways you can help us. Yeah, one of the easiest ways is to just get the word of mouth out there. Let your family and friends know about the show and where they can find us, which is pretty much everywhere. Places like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course Podbean. We're very thankful to Podbean for taking on our podcast.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's a great hosting site with a great app to go with it.
0: Yeah, what I like about Podbean's app is you can actually comment on the episode you're listening to and it goes straight to us and we can reply back immediately. We've also opened up a new little merch store over on Tee Public. We've got uh, a couple of t-shirts and hoodies and mugs and all that good stuff for sale. So if you're at all interested in getting a little bit of Movie Journey sweet, sweet merch, head on over there and see if anything tickles your fancy.
1: Amazing! And if you'd like to get a hold of us, you can do so over on Twitter. Hendo controls our main handle, at The Movie Journey, and I am at Dean's 250 Journey. You can also check out our Facebook page at facebook.com slash The Movie Journey. Our Letterbox pages, where we keep our film diaries up to date. I am at letterboxd.com slash Dino underscore J88. Really rolls off the tongue. And you can find Hendo at letterboxcom slash Hendo. And we also have
0: a new Facebook Discussion group, Yeah, a little listener community going on over there.
1: Yeah, head on over, join up. We'd love for you to be a part of the discussion.
0: Exactly. Another way to help us out is to leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes for us. And like we've said, if you screenshot your review and DM us, we'll send you out some new sweet, sweet merch. Or if you're really loving the show and want more, why not check out our Patreon, where we post another weekly show, Breaking Down Films Not on the IMDb Top 250 list.
1: Yeah, we've got over 70 episodes over there, including such classic film series like the Die Hard series, X-Men series... Mission Impossible series, as well as some notable film directors such as Wes Anderson, Edgar Wright, and even Quentin Tarantino.
0: Yeah, that's right. There's also tons of benefits over there. Early access to our main show, patron-only polls that we put out on the regular.
1: Yeah, exactly. You can even shape the show the way you want to by telling us what films you would like us to break down. So what's coming up this week, mate?
0: Well, we just did our patron-requested review from Mr. Chris Beertzel, and he had Sicario for us. But this week coming up, we've got another patron-requested review from David Powell, and he has selected The Voices. Yeah, nice. Bit Bit of a strange film, one
1: I haven't really heard of, so... I'm keen to see what it's all about.
0: Yeah, all I know, it has got Ryan Reynolds wearing a pink jumpsuit. Should be interesting.
1: Absolutely. So if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, head on over to patreon.com slash themoviejourney and check out the myriad of rewards and benefits we have to offer.
0: All right, mate, let's get to... We may still have mail. Mail, mail, mail. Here it is. And this oh. could be it. Oh. And it's just the one review this week, mate. And it's from...
1: This film is immensely great, as in 10 out of 10 great, utterly faultless. The characters in this movie are so awesome. Clint Eastwood does an excellent job as the protagonist bandit, William Money, as does Morgan Freeman and Richard Harris in stellar support. But Gene Hackman is the king of this movie, as big whiskey sheriff, Little Bill. There's so much insight and intelligence in the dialogue in this film. The characters are all smart and understand all angles of life with the wisdom of old men who have seen it all. How the story unfolds is masterful and just every second of this feature had me at the edge of my seat. Seriously amazing.
0: 5 stars. Wow. Bang. There you Calm go. Down Shane. Alright mate, let's get to. That's
1: my question. The question, jerk
0: we asked you, what is your favourite Clint Eastwood-directed film? Now, let's take a look over on Twitter. First one from 116th Congress, Bronco Billy. Next up from Shaker Maker, Unforgiven. All right, Steve Adams says, Million Dollar Baby. Went into a preview screening expecting one thing and sucker punch. Not given something totally- Yep, <laughs> unexpected and deeply moving. Stephen Miller says, American Sniper. Okay, what about The Passion of the Gods, Unforgiven? Trope Stormers Podcast says, Letters from Jima Iwo. It's so Letters from Iwo Jima. Clearly, you haven't seen that film. I haven't seen it. Me neither. Pinto Comics Sir John says The Outlaw, Josie Wales. Luisito says Unforgiven is a Masterpiece. Gnome Girl says Gran Torino. Heavyweight Chumps Radio Hour and Podcast says Jersey Boys. Haven't seen Jersey Boys. Luke Herefield says Gran Torino. Veronica Sol says Unforgiven. As does Rukav says Unforgiven. 143 says Gran Torino. Here's a different one from John Arthur Bell. Bird. I had to look that one up. Turns out it is a Clint Eastwood film. Is it The Word, though?
1: That it is. That was very good, Dean. Very, very good. Still Mallow says, There are cowboy movies. There are great cowboy movies. There are true classics like Unforgiven. But there's
0: only one pale rider. Interesting. Malon 181 says, Letters
1: from Iwo Jima. Cut Out for Timing says, Definitely Mystic River, a perfect movie. Eastwood said about it, That's as good as I can get. True, maybe even as good as movies
0: can get. Wow, high praise. Word Salad Radio says, Million Dollar Baby. Scotty Rocketansky says, Unforgiven. And our last one here on Twitter from LJ Human. He's always been a competent director. Even Play Misty for me was a well-handled thriller. All his films have an air of confidence that most filmmakers dream of. However, his skills climax at Unforgiven, resurrecting the Western for modern audiences with efficient grace. Well said, mate. Now, before we get to our Facebook and patrons, we're going to do our top five Clint Eastwood-directed films. All right, mate, we'll start it off with you. What's your number five? American Sniper. Ooh, that is also my number five. Nice. What about your number four? Movie I watched last night. In preparation for this list Richard Jewel. Ah, uh, okay I haven't gotten around to that one yet You should Well, may- maybe I might now My number four is Gran Torino My number three is Gran Torino Interesting Moving on to my number three Million Dollar Baby My number two is Unforgiven Ah, uh, <laughs> also my number two And I think we have the same number one here. I'm almost certain it's Mystic River. Absolutely, Mystic River for sure. So our collective top five here is American Sniper, Million Dollar Baby, Gran Torino, Unforgiven, and Mystic River. So looking at the competition here, we had several people enter their list in, but in the end, we have... A pretty dead set tie here. Two people who have got four of the same of us with two picks in the correct spot. So let's see who they are, Dean. And our first winner here is Talon Crichton, And he had a list of The Mule, Million Dollar Baby, Grand Torino, Mystic River, and Unforgiven. Very nice. And our second winner here is Lindsay Dunn. And she had Unforgiven, Million Dollar Baby, Sully, Gran Torino, and Mystic River. So, well done to the both of you. We'll get in contact with you and we'll send you out some. Sweet, sweet merch. Very good. And for next week's question of the week, it's from our awesome patron, Jacob Bennett. And he's gone with, what is your worst acting Oscar win?
1: Now, that should have gone to one of the other nominated actors. Now, this does include all four acting categories Best Actor, Best Actress,
0: Best Supporting Actor, and Best Supporting Actress. So, so lots of different answers here. I'm curious to see what will end up being our top five. Yeah, should be good. We're both masters.
1: Who won? How did it end?
0: Alright, right, Dean, we've got two pod v pod draft results to get through here. So let's start off with our pod v pod 34 that we had against our good friend Georgia Watson in our draft on movie sequels. And we were team one and we had The Dark Knight, The Empire Strikes Back, Godfather Part 2, Mad Max Fury Road, and Aliens.
1: And Georgia had Terminator 2, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, Die Hard with a Vengeance, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban,
0: and Return of the Jedi. Let's take a look at some responses here. First one from the Ghost of the Stratosphere. Boy, Team Movie Journey has all the depth, but it's so frustrating voting against Terminator 2. Julio at the Contrarian says, voting for Team Movie Journey, but with the caveat that Fury Road is overrated. Dark Knight, Aliens, and Empire are top notch though. Samuel Bruce Anderson says Star Wars Episode 6 Return of the Jedi, enough said. I assume that's pro Georgia? I think it is. <laughs> Sir Ben Kenobi says the
1: only non weak sequel in Team Georgia is Terminator 2. The rest of Team Georgia's list aren't nearly as fantastic as Team Movie Journey sequels, though.
0: Jackie says, gotta be Team Georgia for me. I love Temple of Doom.
1: Mayor of Nilbog says, Team Movie Journey, buy a hair on the Godfather's chinny-chin-chin. Chin.
0: Mark of the Movie Drone Podcast says, Dark Knight and Godfather, take it for me.
1: The Cinema Guys say, Team Georgia has one of the best sequels ever with Terminator 2, but Team Movie Journey has the strongest list
0: with Empire, Fury Road and Aliens. Rob Manafield says, The Dark Knight, Empire Strikes Back and Aliens, Team Movie Journey all the way. Dizzle, and We Watch The Thing says, Team Georgia nearly
1: had me because Terminator 2 is better than The Dark Knight, but after that, it's all Team Movie Journey,
0: baby. The Movie Seller says, Terminator 2 is the best sequel ever, but Team Movie Journey is stacked with Godfather Part 2, Empire Strikes Back, and Aliens. And last one here from Anth P, Godfather 2, one sequel to rule them all. All right, now let's take a look at the poll results here. And in a 76% victory, it is us at Team Movie Journey. Yes, it is. Condolences, Georgia. You tried and you did not succeed. But maybe she succeeded in the next draft because she was also part of our pod v pod v pod v pod 2 movie draft. Why don't we get to that one, Hendo? Let's do it. Where we had me, Georgia, Drew from the Real Feels podcast and Sam from the Movie Reviews and 20Qs podcast in our draft on... Films in the IMDb top 51 to 100. And I was team one, and I had Spider Man Into the Spider Verse, Reservoir Dogs, Braveheart, 2001 A Space Odyssey, and Avengers Endgame. Georgia
1: was team two, and she had Goodwill Hunting, Memento, Coco, Django Unchained,
0: and Avengers Infinity War. And Drew was team three, and he had Return of the Jedi, The Shining, The Dark Knight Rises, Wally, and Rear Window. And
1: Sam rounded it out at team four
0: with Aliens, American Beauty, Inglorious Bastards, Toy Story, and Citizen Kane Alright let's take a look At some responses First one here from Paul At the Countdown Podcast Came down to Team Hendo And Team Sam for me But those first three choices Are awesome Team Hendo takes it We watched the things As between teams Hendo And Sam for me Let's go Team Hendo Louis Reem says Due to no fault of my own I've somehow managed to see All the films involved Team Hendo, Georgia, and Drew are immediately disqualified for daring to include <laughs> the Avengers and/or Batman. My vote is for Team Sam, which includes a Xenomorph, a sleigh, and a very thin cowboy. Joe Stevenson says Team Drew by default. Default. It's the only one where I've seen them all. Swamp Thing says one of the hardest choices so far. However, I choose Team Sam because I love Inglorious Bastards.
1: T.J. Delaney says Team Daniels so so easily. Best animated film ever. Tarantino debut. Best sci-fi film ever. Best superhero
0: battle ever. Come on, folks. Ryan Altieri says, Team Drew was sold on The Shining and Rear Window. Paul LeSage says, Team Sam. Carlo 2020 says, Even though my favourite film from the bunch, 2001, is on Team Hendo, Endgame drags it down a bit. Went with Team Sam, which has two of my all-time favourites, Aliens and Citizen Kane, and two great ones in Inglorious Bastards and Toy Story. Everything Racing Podcast says, Return of the Jedi, The Shining The Dark Knight Rises, and Wally e It's Team Drew for me. And the last one here from Hunkryo. This was probably the hardest draft to pick that you've ever had. In the end, I had to go for Team Drew because I couldn't pass up the combination of The Shining, Rear Window, Wally, and Return of the Jedi. The Dark Knight Rises is good too, I guess. All right. Thank you very much, everyone, for putting in a response, chucking in a vote. But let's have a look at the results. Fourth place is Team Georgia with 18% of the vote. Third place is unfortunately me with 22% of the vote. In second place... It was Team Sam with
1: 28% of the vote, and the winner, Team Drew, with 31% of the vote.
0: Well done, Drew. Great effort. Very tight race there in the end, but you got there. Speaking of movie drafts, I was on the So I Married a Movie Geek podcast where I drafted... Two thousand and six movies with Duty from Shaken Not Nerd, Matt from the Death by Film Podcast, and Jay Ledbetter from In Session Film. So many drafts, Hendo. Love a good draft. How good is a draft? Especially when you win, because that's what I did. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for clearing that up. (laughs) Yes, my team: The Departed, Borat, Little Miss Sunshine, and The Devil Wears Prada. Thank you very much, everyone, who put in a vote to help me advance to the semi-finals. It's going to be a tight battle coming up. I must say, got my work cut out for me.
1: No, you did very well. And if you haven't listened to that episode, I do recommend it. So I married a movie geek. Have some incredible. incredible drafts over there, and none better than when our favourite co-host, Hendo, gets on there. (laughs) There's this tournament. Let the tournament begin!
0: Dean's time to find out the results of the 2010s film tournament. We've only got a couple of matches here since we had a lot of different uh, movie draft polls going on, so let's take a look. First one here, how to train your dragon takes out Anhadham with a 93% victory. Next up, we have the Irishman
1: victorious over a separation 61%.
0: And our last match here is Room against 12 Years a Slave, easily our closest match of these three. And 56% goes to 12 years a slave. Unfortunate for Room bowing out so early. It is. It's a great movie. So what's next? All right, mate, it's time to find out what movie we're going to be breaking down next fortnight. Now, this one is coming from our awesome patron, Jacob Bennett, and he is going with Danny Boyle's Train Spotting. Nice. A film I really, really like, to say the least. Very happy with this pick.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to rewatching yeah, it. Yeah, it.
0: it's going to be good. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you, Dean, for coming in, having hey. a good banter with me. Thank you, Hendo. Oh, well, you're welcome. Now, next week. It's pod, pod 35 We're going to have another great guest on for a good movie battle, good movie draft, good times all around. That's the plan, Hendo. That's the plan. So thank you very much, everyone, for checking out the episode, and we will see you next week for pod, v pod 35
1: Bye.